Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 2,836th Fireside Chat. Now, that's the wrong number. What number is it? 181. 181. It's very moving. I speak to you every week from my home. Thoughts on my mind. Take your questions. You get, of course, to be with Otto and incredibly Snoopy. Otto's brother, they're very close, by the way, in all seriousness. They truly, truly love each other, except on the rare occasion when there's one bone, then all love is lost. And anyway, in any event, he's here, and it's great to be with you, and I have a great guest, and we'll get to in a moment. Just a thought that I'd like to share with you. I was in Florida with my son's family this past weekend. And I was in an elevator. It was the first time I was in an elevator in a year with people. I'm in an elevator every day at my radio studio in California, but it's always empty because nearly all of the offices are still empty in the building where my studio is located. So it was the first time I was in an elevator with people and I was with people constantly. So this is what I would do. I would get into the elevator. Almost always the others were masked. And I would say, would you be more comfortable if I put on a mask? And amazing to me, all of them, all of them said, what are you kidding? <laughs> or some, some variation on that. They didn't give a hoot if I did. Which was a very interesting thing because I was so I was tempted to say, so why are you if you don't care if I am? But I, I didn't I didn't want to challenge them or anything. Anyway, I know the answer. The answer is people are afraid, not of COVID, some are, is they're afraid of social condemnation. And I understand that. I personally am not. Uh, but that that was a fascinating little insight uh, into the minds of, of a lot of the people wearing masks a lot. It's because they just don't want to get dirty looks from other people, not because they actually believe the nonsense that masks, especially outdoors, do anything. Read my column this week. It is all about masks, and it is about eminent scientists saying they're useless, especially outdoors including the New England Journal of Medicine, which the mainstream media ignored last year when it came out with a report that masks outdoors are useless. So uh, read, read the column, and I give you the source. New England Journal of Medicine's most prestigious medical journal in the United States. It is deteriorating because it's becoming political like everything else. Nevertheless, it remains the prestigious journal, and they said it was useless. But people are scared either of COVID or of others in terms of social uh, approbation. Now, I have one more story to tell you from the elevators of my hotel in Miami. So, again, my usual, I see it this time it was a family, young family. Would you like me to put on a mask? Sit, don't bother. So I detected an accent. I love detecting accents because I love to know where people are from. Having been to 130 countries, the odds are I was, I have visited their country. Anyway, they said Colombia. 
South America, which I have been to a few times. And then I said to them, you know, uh, first of all, I want to tell you how moved I am at how many Venezuelans you have accepted into your country. Colombia is not a rich country, but they have taken a lot of people from the dictatorship, the communist dictatorship of Venezuela into their country, to their great credit. And then they said, yes, thank you, but it is a very big problem. And I thought they would say, look, we just don't have the money to feed and, and house and, and, and have medical attention to all these people. And the reason they said it was a big problem was this. As a result of all these Venezuelans coming, they have no money. So they will work for very, very low wages. And they are putting many Colombians out of work. So I immediately said, now you understand why it is not good for America to have so many millions come into our country. It puts low-wage Americans out of work. They said, of course, we understand. The problem is half of America doesn't understand. The half that votes Democrat. And I mean it. I, this, this is just an honest point. They don't understand this because it's the party of the rich. Overwhelmingly, billionaires vote Democrat, and they are very happy to hire people at extremely low wages who come into this country illegally. That's their position. Their position is not what's good for America. It's what's good for their business. And for some bizarre reason, a lot of poorer people still think the Democratic Party is their party because it's the Republicans are the party of the rich. That's actually factually inaccurate. The rich vote Democrat more than, more than they vote Republican. But just remember that every time somebody poor comes into the country, they take a job away from somebody poor in this country, just as the Venezuelans are doing to Colombians. It was a very powerful ride, as you could imagine. Realize how much got done just between the 10th floor and the lobby? All right. So on rare occasions, aside from Otto, I have a guest. By the way, all those of you who commented on Otto's April 1st, April Fool's appearance, want to thank you so much. They were very witty, and I, I thought that it would be meaningful. Actually, I didn't. I didn't come up with that idea. Who came up with that idea? Me. I was very proud of it. <laughs> well, me, she said. The me as in Megan. That was witty. A couple years ago, I thought, when is the next April Fool's and does it on a when it lands on a Thursday two years ago? I know. You did? You thought of it two years ago? And it, I said, in two years on Thursday, it'll happen. And it did. <laughs> well done, Otto. You're the man. How does it feel to meet? Oh, uh, you'll have, first let me introduce you. Jill Simonian <laughs> is her name. Jill Simonian. Jill is the head of PrEP, that is the Prager University Resources for Educators and Parents. And you need to know about this because children, children's ability to think clearly, their intellectual development, and their moral consciences 
are often being destroyed or at least badly influenced, badly touched at our schools, tragically, in the United States of America. We have been asked so often at PragerU, please help us with younger kids. Teenagers and older, obviously, can watch our videos. But what do you do with a seven-year-old? So we started prep, and the head of it all is Jill Simonian. Jill, question number one, how does it feel to be with Otto? Incredible, beyond incredible. (laughs) I was so happy to meet him because we have a fun, I like to say, costumed puppy Otto for our new show for kindergartners that we started. Oh, that's right, yes. But meeting the real Otto, I mean, that's the real, this was was the cherry on top of the sundae today. That's really nice. (laughs) Well, I will say this, that as a general rule, the Otto in the Otto Tales is a little livelier than the real Otto. He is, and (laughs) yeah, and that's what we have fun with. The Otto's Tales Otto plays tricks on me as I read stories for our kindergartners through second graders. He plays tricks and he gets mischievous. This one's this one's a lot more relaxed. So you yourself are a mom? Yes. How old are your kids? Nine and ten. Oh, so in effect, you're developing a curriculum for your own kids. Yeah, and that's what resonated so much when this opportunity came literally out of nowhere to help develop this program. There's a whole team behind prep, but it came out of nowhere and it resonated with me because I have seen and experienced firsthand what is going on in our schools. And it's alarming and I've been concerned. And I tell everyone, this was something that literally was, I say, dropped in my lap from above, from God. And I I, I took it because it's important for families, for our future, for our country. You, I know where you live. In fact, I I should have known it, but I I found out today, really. And I know your city well. (laughs) Yes. It's not exactly LA. It's outside of LA. And it's known for its good schools. So are you telling me that in a, a, a relatively small city, known for good schools, it's a problem here as well? It's a problem, and it's a developing problem that I think many of us parents and and the good teachers who are still in our school district here are beginning to realize that education standards are being compromised for the sake of pushing a politicized agenda that is frankly divisive, uh, but it, 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 you know a, a, an agenda that's centered around social justice diversity, equity, and inclusion, words that sound incredible and amazing on the outside, but when you dive into what narratives they're, they, they want to push into the classroom, it's very disturbing. No kidding. Should we take the question now? Sure. You know, I always have a question yeah. from somebody, and I think it's related to this, so let's take this sure. first. Okie dokie, here we go. 
Hi, Dennis and Jill. Taylor Hoppus from Wichita Falls, Texas. My first question would be, um, as a parent, if maybe you don't have the option to homeschool or even afford private school and you have to send your kid to public school, what can we as parents do to combat the indoctrination that our students are being taught today in our, in our public school system? And then my second question would be, um, would PragerU ever consider doing an accredited online homeschool curriculum? Wow. Well, let's begin with number one. So let's say, let's say uh, parents cannot afford or whatever reason mm -hmm. to homeschool. What should they do? Well, a word that we tend to use around the office a lot is inoculate. We need to inoculate our kids and allow them and teach them to appreciate our American values. Honesty, individual responsibility, hard work, equality under God. All of those things that make our community and our country great, the values that I was raised with, my grandmother, mother, and sister, all teachers, excellent teachers who really celebrated those values in the schools. And, and you know, when I was in school, we used to celebrate being an American with the pledge, with patriotic songs, with learning our history and, 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 and the wonderful things about our country. But now that's happening less and less. And our job as parents is to make sure we inoculate our kids at home through talks at the dinner table, through our family experiences together. I'm famous for asking my own kids about different times in history or bringing up current events in an age-appropriate way and talking to them about it to make sure that they are clear about our values as a family and a community and a country. And something we're doing at PrEP is just that. We're finally creating videos for kids that celebrate the values. Uh, fun videos, entertaining and educational that, that kids can watch kindergarten through second grade, third through fifth grade. Story times, crafts, um, digital magazines that celebrate historical heroes. Uh, one of the- So wait, yeah. are these things that we're doing? We're doing at Prager Youth uh, Program at Prep. Okay, yeah. good. So for us as parents, it's our job to talk with our kids, celebrate the values, and at Prep we're providing the resources so we can do that as parents in a fun and engaging way. So I'm going to talk to the viewer, and you tell, and you react to what I'm saying. Okay. So the ideal. In my opinion, this is really just one man's opinion. The ideal is a good school, okay, I that where they actually are committed to educational excellence and not indoctrination. Number two, if that's not possible, is homeschooling, where you are committed to education. And number three is a regular school, which today means indoctrination, but you address that with, you said inoculation, let's even use the current favorite word, vaccination. <laughs> you, th yeah. there, there is a more dangerous virus, in my opinion, than COVID. COVID takes lives, but it doesn't take souls. It doesn't take minds it doesn't take hearts it doesn't take consciences it doesn't take away your society and that is what is what is being threatened today 
So we are developing, this is what PrEP is about, Prager University Resources for Educators and Parents, to enable people to give this vaccine to their kids who are going to school or, or even, for that matter, homeschool. Is that mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. That's okay. it. So what I said, are you, was that, was that your view as well? Yes. The ideal is a good school, next homeschool, next, next try to undo the damage of that school. I mean, let me give an example of that damage. Maybe you can comment on it, maybe not. On how many kids are at five taken to uh, a library or in their school's library and they will have uh, a drag queen uh, study or, or, or drag queen reading, sorry, story hour. Are you familiar with that? I'm familiar. And there was a big article, I think it was a few weeks ago, that talked about various programs that will open the conversation at the toddler preschool level for social justice. And it discussed one of those drag queen story hours to teach children about personhood as opposed to gender. And the, and the whole thing is just so age inappropriate that, that I don't understand how that could possibly be something offered in schools, but in many schools it is. Not in my school at this point, but in many it schools it is. It is in your school. No, not at this point. By the way, this is totally tangential, but I'm, I'm going to throw it out anyway. I grew up believing that women were the natural protectors of children's innocence. Mm-hmm that they sort of had to fight men from depriving kids of innocence. But it's turned out I had a romantic view of women in this regard because women are in the forefront of robbing children of their innocence. These are the teachers. These are the school psychologists. These are the therapists. These are the principals who are in favor of something like a drag queen a study hour. Where, let me make this clear, folks, so you'll know what we're talking about. This is not an, a transgender issue. Drag queens are cisgender. They identify with their biological gender of male, but they dress as a female. And that's confusing. To meet a transgender who looks female, dresses female, has a female name, it's a non-issue. But to, to meet a man who is dressed like a woman, uh, deliberately so, that's a confusion of the genders, which is a an innocence-robbing thing, and women are in the forefront of it. Have you ever thought about that? I haven't, but as, you say, as you're saying it now, it's like a light bulb went off, yeah. Isn't it? Isn't I've never it, thought about it that way, yes. but you're right. And, and it's co totally counterintuitive. Women, women are, we think, instinctively protectors of children. So it just shows you what the left is capable of doing because women are naturally protectors of children, mm -hmm. but the left has taught them not to be. It is good yeah. not to call your students boys and girls. Mm -hmm. It is good to have them attend a drag queen hour. And it's, it's so, the, the, the only, the best, the di most diplomatic way I can say it is, is just age inappropriate. I mean, that's the only way. You can say it a lot better than I can, but I will never understand why, like you say, we are robbing the innocence 
of children that that's that's nothing that they should be learning. That's nothing that they should be discussing at that point in their developmental stage. Exactly. Also, one of the joys of of youth and childhood is discovering who you are as a boy or who you are as a girl. I remember how much, how, I don't know, say, I wouldn't say, I was going to say fun, but maybe I don't know if it was fun, but it was exciting to think I wasn't a girl. <laughs> it, that's what boys, boys have to, I think boys more than girls. I don't know if that's true. I'm not a girl. And, and, but I, boys make a big deal. In, 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 they have until the very present time in America and Canada and England, they made a big deal of, you're, I'm not a girl. It was a way of becoming a man. Freud believed in that because boys are so attached like girls to their mothers. They have to figure out what they are. They're not their mother. So while I don't agree with Freud on a lot, he wasn't an idiot. Uh, but it was exciting. Wow. And then there are girls. Oh, my God, is that exciting? But to think we're interchangeable, that it doesn't mean anything, that I'm just a student, not a boy, uh, th this is depressing. You're depriving kids of, of a great joy. And what's also destructive, I think, is anyone who thinks otherwise, I, should you express that opinion, you're immediately canceled. You're immediately, if I express that opinion, then I'm wrong. I'm the crazy parent. And that's what is really destroying things on another level as well, because many parents are scared to push back and say, hey, what you're pushing for in schools right now you're marginalizing a whole group of us who feel differently and you're saying that we're wrong and you're vilifying us and that is damaging to education and children and families as well. That's the deeper destroying factor, I think. That's right. I'm just curious. Do you know of any transgender in, in your kid's school? I don't personally. I have heard of a few cases that I that I'm not personally familiar with, so I don't. Right. Yeah, I, I'm only asking because it's just so rare. It's made to seem as if you're, you're you're somehow dismissing a third of the population or something. It's a tragedy. I mean, let's be honest. If you don't identify with your sex, I'll use their legit word. That's a tragedy. You are not to be condemned. You are not to be hurt. But to argue that that's a healthy reaction to life, you know, it, it is is to twist reality. Okay, so back to mm -hmm. uh, back to prep, and I know we're doing a lot with kids. So starting what age? Kindergarten. That's great. Through twelfth so, grade. So for give us two, three examples of things we're doing. Okay, so if you go to the website, prageru.com slash prep, you can find a guidance that takes you to our different kids' shows. And one of the kids' shows is called Otto's Tales, and that's for the kindergarten through second grade, the youngest set. That's why I was so excited to meet Otto. But I and will- he was excited I, to meet you. I, I was don't know, so excited. Right. <laughs> but our Otto's Tales is a story time, all stories that- 
enjoy and celebrate American values, honesty, hard work, individual responsibility. I read the story. We have a costumed auto that comes in, plays tricks on me. My five-year-old niece loves it. Every time, even my my eight-year-old daughter thinks it's hilarious and a hoot and she loves it and she enjoys it too. So that's good to know. But, uh, but we have a story time. We have a series called Craftery, which is a DIY craft. In our first episode, I make a military appreciation wreath for kids, for families. Parents can do it with their kids. And then at the same time, while I'm doing the craft, they also get a little bit of history about our United States Armed Forces. There's also a, there's an animated series in the work that in the works that uh, to a brother and sister travel back in time and meet influential public figures, Ronald Reagan. We have a digital magazine for third through fifth grade highlighting historical heroes. This series focuses on women. We have Abigail Adams, Margaret Thatcher. I'm racking my brain. Can you see the wheels turning? I'm racking my brain. Did I miss anything? I don't think I missed anything, but we're building our library That's of really kids content. Ter- that is terrific. I want to add another huge advantage of uh, folks uh, joining prep, and you'll tell them how in a moment. And this is, to me, is as important as anything to do with the kids, that you will meet kindred spirits. Uh, I do a happiness hour uh, every week. I have for 21 years on the radio. And well before COVID and well before wokeness, I argued that I don't, I don't know how you go through life without kindred spirits. And it's great if you have it in a spouse, but you even need it in friends. We, we all need friends, no matter how great our marriage, and certainly those who are not married, and certainly those who don't have a great marriage. We need friends. And friends are people with kindred spirits. Relatives don't need to have kindred spirits because you don't choose relatives. So you have to figure out, and one should, how to get along with them. But but friends with kindred spirits, but people don't know how to meet them. What do you, what do, you do? Do you go to kindredspirit.com? <laughs> By wish. the way, if I could, I would start kindredspirits.com. I'm not kidding. Wow. But I, I, don't have, I don't have the time. Uh, but that would be great. This is as close to kindredspirits.com as you can get. Yes. So explain how people will meet other people. So anyone who makes a donation to PragerU automatically can become a PrEP member, as we call it. And what that does is it gives you access to a discussion group that right now we have on Facebook. In the summer, it will be moving to an app. It's a discussion group of parents and like-minded educators who can, frankly, share solutions, issues, problems, ask questions. They can also share different resources if they're homeschool parents or, uh, you know, some public school teachers in the group have shared how they use uh, some of the PragerU five-minute videos to highlight different times in history and, and spawn discussions in their classrooms. But most of all, this group is giving parents, especially like me, I mean, this is very personal to me, it's giving me courage For when I go to my school board meetings and I write a statement citing why our proposed diversity, equity, and inclusion program that our district wants to implement, how divisive it is, how damaging it is to developing minds and students. And I get strength from 
the people that I have the discussion with in the group. So can you easily meet others? Yes, yes. Our okay. discussion group, I'm, I'm snapping my fingers, so but it's So I, I, could, I could simply text you or email you, depending, I guess email. You, people yeah. don't give their phone number readily, when, and I don't blame them. But you can. That's the key. You can. And there have been parents in the group who have asked, who's in Indiana? Who's in Northern okay, California? That's right. Who's Good. in Houston? Find right. me. And they find each other. Right. And it's a, it's a, it's a special thing to watch. It really Sometimes is. they go, who's in New York? And there are crickets. Oh, no, there's a few. There's a few. There's a few. <laughs> yes. All, all the parents with traditional values in New York City, raise your hands. <laughs> I see. Three. No, I'm kidding. No, no, you're not kidding. That's exactly right. But but anyway, I I I, I I'm ribbing New York. I mean, it's anywhere. Mm -hmm. That that's the point. Mm -hmm. So when did this begin? The program. Yeah. You know, it launched, soft launched. I'll say back in the fall. I was hired at the end of January, so I was sort of dropped into this wonderful place into this opportunity that I still can't believe is, is, is here. But, uh, since I was hired, we have been developing the videos, the programming We're we're now doing monthly virtual events, discussion groups on zoom with, uh, thought leaders, uh, in the education world. We have one with, uh, actress, uh, actress, best-selling author, Sam Sorbo. She's going to talk about homeschooling in the state of education. And, and, uh, we have a few hundred parents signed up to attend that and ask questions. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's slowly, but steadily becoming really big. We have over 7,000 members that have signed up in a few short months wow. and from it's, nothing, it, from nothing. And it's really exciting. It's really exciting. If for nothing else, the the courageous factor. We are well, gaining it, courage. It gives you courage, which mm -hmm. reminds me, I'm glad you mentioned yes. that word. Tell everybody what you told me right before we went on, <laughs> how I gave you courage about Thanksgiving. Yes, you gave me courage about Thanksgiving. You, we talked about two courageous things. One courage was me raising my hand at the school board meeting and saying, has anyone heard of e pluribus unum? We should be teaching that in our school. That was the first courageous step. But secondly, Thanksgiving, you gave me courage to have the Thanksgiving celebration at my home this past year. Uh, with I, a lot of people. That's about the key. 25, 25 yes. family members. Good. Kids, adults grandparents. Right. We had a wonderful time. I had planned a celebration. I allowed myself to have a moment of fear and weakness because I was watching too much That's right. media. That's correct. The days leading up. And then I watched your fireside. This is not a joke. I watched your fireside chat two days before Thanksgiving, literally as I was, I think I was like, I was doing something in my kitchen, chopping vegetables. I was preparing something to be cooked on the day. And your fireside chat saying, have Thanksgiving, do not be afraid, celebrate your life, hit me like a ton of bricks. I think I may have started crying of joy, from joy. And I, I, and I, had, and I, I said, we're, we're doing Thanksgiving. And it was a beautiful day. And it was a memorable day. And I'm so thankful well, for that. Thank you. I am very touched by that. The, uh, you're a religious person, so you'll find this of interest. 
most the people don't know this, even, even religiously active, what it is that God most says to human beings in the Bible, do not fear. And it's so liberating. Fear is self-imposed prison. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are serving a life sentence. They, they are in fear as a child, as an adult, as an old person. And that's it. And they don't live. You know, I give the example. Since I've been broadcasting, I've been, you know, mentioning a trip that I would take to Israel, for example. So for 35 years, I would get calls. Do you know this? No. Oh, good. I hate telling people what they heard me say. No. <laughs> so uh, for 35 years, I would get calls on the radio. Something go like, Dennis, oh, you have no idea. I would love to visit Israel, but I, I, I'm, I'm a little afraid, and I, I'll go when it's safe. So, of course, I would say it's safe now, mm. but they follow the media. When is Israel in the news, right? It's in the news when, when, or when there was a, a terror attack mm -hmm. or when there's a war. And they, so they never went. In the meantime, I've gone 20-something times, and they haven't gone once, and they'll never go because they, well, there's no such thing as safe. Mm -hmm. What is safe? Is Portugal safe? Is Australia safe? What does it mean safe? The moment you leave your house, it's not safe. Mm -hmm. But the chances of your being killed in a, in a terror bomb in Israel are, 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 are infinitesimally small. But people don't live because of fear. That's why I say it, I've never used the term self-imposed prison. So your story deeply moves me but you see, you're one of those people who responds to what they hear. That story is actually a bigger credit to you than to me. And, oh, I, and, wow. and I mean it quite sincerely. Because mil literally millions of people hear me say any given thing. How many respond as you did? How many go, wait a minute, the, the clouds are parting. What am I doing here? I'm going to lose another Thanksgiving without my friends and family? That's ridiculous. Uh, you know, is CNN going to guide me? Is Dr. Mm -hmm. Fauci going to guide me? And and you did the right thing. Thank I mean, you. only two or three were seriously hospitalized. That was a joke. That was <laughs> that was just dark humor for. Those. I don't. I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at that or not. <laughs> I don't know. Can I laugh? I was hard too late. Listen, I I live on dark <laughs> humor. It is my life saving uh, characteristic. <sighs> <laughs> well, because nowadays, no, by the way, I am laugh. actually surprised that they all showed up because it not only took you courage to make the dinner, it took them, quote unquote, courage to go. Were, were you surprised they all said yes? No, because we thankfully all pretty much think the same. Oh, and you, we, you we do? Try. You have a family that mostly thinks the same? Mostly, May I join your family? Mostly, it's a, what? Yeah. Well, we just, I'll say this, I'll say this, and this is really, you know, my family is very close knit. We are very, I'm Armenian American. We believe in our family values. We talk to each other constantly. Is We're that not right? Afraid are your parents to, from Armenia? No, I'm actually fourth generation. 
My husband's parents are from uh, Iran. They're Armenian. I know as well, a lot yeah. of Armenians are from yeah. Iran. You, uh, we need to get you to visit Armenia. I did oh. when it was in the Soviet Union. Oh, it's a beautiful. No, place I have to go now. back. I'm oh, dying to go back. I, I work in Glendale, which is yes. you know a, a uh-huh. suburb of Armenia. So, <laughs> yes. so I always call it West Yerevan. <laughs> yes. But uh, I, I'm curious. So, wait, are you both from Armenian stock? I, both of us are. Really? My great-grandparents escaped the genocide in the early that 1900s. I was going to say, they yeah. came in time. Yeah, they came just, just before. Right, 1915 is mm-hmm. when it occurred. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been Armenian-American, you know, I'm for, uh, fourth generation. So is it a coincidence that your husband is as well, or, or not a coincidence? Well, I don't know. Yes you weren't no. looking for one. I was looking for a good husband a good man someone who is smart she went capable. to goodmansmartcapable.com cute goodmansmartcapablecute.com he's going to watch this and crack up but our values aligned our values how aligned. did you meet by the way we met oh this is a fireside chat like none other before we met at an armenian banquet <laughs> everybody meets at an armenian banquet you know how often I ask that question and people go, an Armenian banquet. I, I, I asked two Jews the other day, how did you guys meet at an Armenian banquet? Of course. It is mind boggling. You met at a, so wait a minute. I love these stories. I'm so supposed to be talking about PragerU resources. We talked about that. So let me, let me, I, I, this fascinates me as much as anything. So I want to, I want to know the, the particulars. So we were at the same table. No, <laughs> well, no, we were not. Is that a logical not. question? It's a logical question. Yes, we we met uh, at the bar. <laughs> Two Armenians were at a bar. It's an old <laughs> joke. It's a famous joke. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah, we met, and it was well. We so so. Wait, did he like thought that they say in England chatting you up? He did. He did. And the funny part was that he was living, he's a doctor, he's a surgeon. And so he, at the time he was living on the East Coast. You married a cute surgeon? I did. He is going to flip out when he watches this. Why, he doesn't <laughs> think he's a cute surgeon? No, he is. He doesn't he, know you think you he's are a cute surgeon? We talk about you at home all the time. He says Dennis Prager is the most logical person who gives, everyone should listen to, De- honestly, honestly. Well, well, thank you. Yeah, so he's so, gonna, Anyway, that is great. So I another I love these these issues. So was it love at first sight for either of you? I don't know if it was love at first sight. It was interest. It was interest at so first. So he sight. got your number. He did. Uh huh. And and how long did you date? We dated for about a almost a year, about a year. Were you married in an Armenian church? We were married in an Armenian church. You don't speak Armenian, do you? I don't speak Armenian. Right. He speaks fluently. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he goes fantastic. to Armenia every year for medical missions. Not this year. Oh, but that's beautiful. Yeah, that's no. beautiful uh, work on his guy. part. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you you are a joy, and I got to meet your husband, the cute the surgeon, one day. What's his type of surgery? Hernias. <laughs> no, plastic was, surgery. Plastic. No, really? Is that right? Oh, very. Sure, I'll say this: plastic and reconstructive surgery. I don't want to laugh about it because he does. Uh, he does a lot of specialty pediatric cases for people who have very serious conditions. He is... You mean born with them? Born with conditions. Oh, interesting. That are lifelong um, rare conditions and diseases. And he he um, 
he's a, he's a, he's the type of plastic surgeon that I say he the work he does is the reason why plastic surgery was invented. That's beautiful. It's really remarkable. By the way, an interesting word about plastic surgery. It is the only field of medicine of which I am aware whose quality has increased and price decreased. And the reason is people have to pay. Mm -hmm. Where the market determines price as opposed to the, uh, the, the, the state, prices go down, mm -hmm. just like they have on computers. Mm -hmm. Anyway, your husband is an artist as well as a doctor. I have great respect uh, for people who do plastic surgery. Thank I mean, you. if they do it well... And not all do. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes you see jobs which are very, very painful mm -hmm. to see. So Prager Resources for Educators and Parents, how yes. do people join? You can go to PragerU.com forward slash prep, P-R-E-P. You can click join. You will then get an email welcoming you and giving you all the directions for joining the discussion group. And it really is a powerful, friendly positive place that that parents and teachers like-minded kindred spirits are coming together to to celebrate pro-american values with our kids and also to help each other solve problems in our own corners of the country for when we want to bring something up with a teacher or a school or a school board we're we're helping each other and we're helping our kids appreciate all that this country has to offer are you getting a lot of positive feedback? Positive, lots of positive. And it, it, it and I feel it every day. And the more the more we do, like I said, there's a whole team at work. The more we do, the more videos we make, the more shows we make, the more magazines we create and say, let's try this, let's try this. It really is a work of heart and soul. And I feel it. I take it very seriously. There are times when I am in the Facebook discussion group and I'm talking with some of the parents and we're all, you know, helping each other solve a problem and and I get emotional about it because it's it's real and it's important and it's our future. So Well, we have a yeah. civilization to to uh, yeah. to rescue. Yeah. To save. You're really doing important work. Thank you. Thank you, Jill Simonian. The prep program is is at PragerU. I mean, I, I really, I look forward to your saying 100,000 to me. I, I, I'm expecting it. I really am. And I, and well, I know. Given the numbers that we get at Prayview, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. But there's no choice but, but something like this to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, God bless you. Thank you. You too. Say hi to the cute surgeon. Thank you. <laughs> and one day we'll meet. In the meantime, please remember that prep. If you're a parent or you know a parent of young kids, this is a way to meet other young parents who share our values and to instill them into your kids. Let me make something clear to all of you. If you don't instill good values in your children, they won't have them. They need to be instilled. The great mistake of the World War II generation, often called the greatest generation. The great mistake was they didn't instill the values that made them great. They thought that they would just continue because they took them for granted. That's what happened. That, in a nutshell, is the crisis in America. The greatest generation didn't teach why they were the greatest generation. 
And so they raised a lot of kids who had contempt for the, the, the country that the greatest generation loved. That's what happened. I knew it when I was a kid. I used to tell uh, adults, your motto was, we're going to give our children everything we didn't have because they went through the Depression and World War II. So they said, oh, we're going to make sure they, they don't suffer from not having material things and they'll have peace. So they gave them largely peace and completely material possessions, but they didn't give them what they did have. Basically, love of God and country. And they grew up without that. And now you see the, uh, the results in the moral chaos of our time. If you can instill this stuff in your kids, you will ensure another thing, that your kids will share your values when they grow up. As a parent, let me say, I am blessed. My two boys do share my values. But I meet so many parents whose children do not share their values and often have contempt for their parents' values that it is one of the most painful things that one can actually witness, the alienation from parents' values and ultimately from the parent. So this is an investment not only in the country and in your children, but in your relationship to your children. That's prep at uh, PragerU. It's been great being with you. You are a joy. Thank you. Really, we're, we're lucky to have you. Thank you. I feel lucky to be here. I, do. I know you Thank do. You. I know you do, and that's beautiful. I'm Dennis Prager, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching this video. To keep PragerU videos free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation.